2: Odyssey is your new home for all the audio that matters to you. Download the Odyssey app today to listen to WTIC News Talk 1080.
1: WTIC, can we take a call? Quick, Pete Litchfield has been waiting. Hi, Pete.
3: Thank you, Todd. As a longtime listener, the 5 o'clock Sunrise special was always very fun because I would get up, Uh, A little before that, and I could it would be on, and it would would get me up on everything that needed to know, especially before uh, uh, computers and uh, Mm -hmm. and all that. And what interests me about what's going on now is that what I really enjoyed was that they always gave the weather always gave uh, the highs and lows of the same day uh, years ago. Now I, I would always remember. That I could a lot of times I would remember exactly of that period of time what might be hot like it's been now or because I uh, the weather was very important my, of my life what I'm hearing now is nothing like it's going to be close to a hundred tomorrow mm-hmm. and nobody says the record was and it makes me think that in 1920 or 25 or 30 we had the same uh, highs so what what I mean to say is. I I have to think that way because it was an integral part of of the, the programming on the Sunrise Special. And I know you can't comment, I'm not asking you, but I, it's it's fascinating that they wouldn't say the record at Bradley Field is 102, we could come close to that, etc. That was part of the stitch, and it was a interesting part. That I enjoyed, and now nothing was a hundred degrees. Yeah, yeah, I'm
1: surprised because I think I haven't noticed this week them talking that much about records, which would seem strange. But normally, I feel like they do normally talk about it right now. So
2: it's the Todd Feinberg Show live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC News Talk 1080.
1: That's WTIC. I I love summer. I love the hot, sweaty stuff. And how the rain comes in for three minutes and then it's bright sun. Heavy, torrential rain and then everything's normal again. Jim Watkins joining us now on WTIC. You remember Jim? Hey man,
0: how's it going? What's What's
1: happening, James?
0: I don't know. Have I ever heard Hartford 90 degrees? I don't think I've ever heard about that. No, yes. no. no, it's it's, it's you,
1: only because of climate change. It's never been be above 60 before.
0: No, no, you have it wrong. It's not climate change now, it's climate crisis. Oh, yes. Everything yes. is a crisis. You have to you have to recognize that. Uh we're having an abortion crisis, we're having what's the other crisis? Oh, we're having a covid crisis. Yes. we're back to the original crisis, the mother of all the crises the the climate crisis. Uh it is interesting that uh, uh somebody like me who was not a professional meteorologist can mm-hmm. two two and two together. you did you know, uh, Todd that on June thirteenth of this year there was an M four class solar flare uh that lasted three hours that escaped from the sun's uh atmosphere uh towards Earth and it put out a bunch of radio tower uh, there were a lot of radio blackouts in the Asian Pacific region here on Earth. I didn't know that. And, and I, I, I did know that. And then I also recalled that just a few days ago, in fact, last Friday, there was another solar wind blowing from the, from the, the sun that was uh, expected to trigger, trigger a lot of aurora borealis, you know, the northern lights. And so I got to thinking, well, wait a minute. We had a, a long solar uh, M4-class M4 class flare less than a month ago, and then we have another solar wind that blows in our direction Why aren't they saying that perhaps this might be having an extraordinary effect on the upper atmosphere of the Earth? I mean, that cosmic energy comes our way. It gets absorbed by the Earth. Uh, Could that not be contributing to this extraordinary warm summer?
1: The solar wind comes flying in from light years away.
0: But I guess that is not the convenient truth that they're looking for.
1: (laughs) Well, I have... uh I, I don't know if you've ever heard the feature. We have a feature called the rant line where people call up and leave, leave comments on stuff. And somebody was saying, I can't believe it. There, it's July and temperatures are in the 90s. This is unbelievable. What a crisis. <laughs> I know, man. It's Next thing we know, it's going to be cold in February.
0: What, what cracks me up is that uh, Biden's solution was uh, he was going to take some action. So he uh, he allotted, what is it, twenty seven billion dollars to buy fans for poor people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> there is uh, well, keep in mind the the president is suffering brain fog. That's the new excuse for his what he he routinely has brain fog, right? But now they're saying it's because of COVID.
0: Long COVID.
1: Yeah, yeah. he's got. Well, no, short COVID. He just caught it. <laughs> How many boosters has he taken? Uh, I don't know. I think he has one one a week.
0: I've noticed a lot of people. A friend of mine said uh, his daughter got COVID. And she's all boosted up and jacked up on all those vaccines. I don't think those vaccines. I want my money back. They're not working.
1: Well, they've uh, they've walked away from the idea that that you are less likely to catch COVID, and they're just saying it keeps you safer in terms of uh, serious illness. So I don't even know how we know. Do we know? Is there any way to know? Given the number of people who are vaccinated. Is there any way to know whether they're, you're worse off with the disease if you have gotten vaccines or not? I mean, they keep raising this defense. Well, you still need to get vaccinated because you won't get as sick. Well, how do we know that if more people are vaccinated and in the hospital than otherwise?
0: Well, the answer is that we have all had a 99.7% chance of not getting sick from COVID in the first place since the very beginning. And that really hasn't changed. Uh, what has changed is we have more therapies now that are preventing people from dying, and they're not forcing people to stay home until their last gasp breath before they finally let them come in and start giving them some therapy. So that's uh, reduced the death rate, which is, is still staying relatively low. Uh, but it is I do find it interesting. There's something called ADE, auto uh, deficiency, dependency of some sort, where every time you take a vaccine, you're compromising your immune system to a degree. Yeah, it
1: narrows its response to the stimulus. Is that what it is?
0: Well, it makes your body dependent on the vaccine in order for your immune system to remain robust against this particular this virus. And there was a report out today that finally linked, and this came from the NIH, that said that the, the shingles is related to the third booster, second booster, because it compromises your immunities enough to where shingles can, can kind of jump into action. So, you know, they're starting to slowly kind of figure out that, you know, maybe the vaccines are not the end-all solution to all of this. And uh, immune systems, good immune systems, uh, have always played a key. There were three, Bel- there's a Belgium study, and an Israel study, and a study somewhere, I think, out of South Africa, and they all confirmed that natural immunity has a, l- a much longer lasting effect. So if you get COVID and you survive, those antibodies will stay in your, in your body for a much longer, exceeding a year. They've even said even as far as 18 months. So there is an argument to be made about natural immunity versus constantly getting a booster every six months or uh, having the feeling that you're going to be more protected. So that, that's what they're saying, uh, and, and that's what I'm hearing.
1: But do you have some sense that the political class has some vested interest oh. <laughs> in promoting our... Um, is, yeah, I mean, why why would they care at this point whether we get shots or not?
0: Well, because there's still a big bill to pay off. I mean, uh, Pfizer, Moderna did billion-dollar deals based on the, the availability of vaccines that were paid for in advance by the government. So, you know, the... the, the and these are big, and let's let's face it, a lot of these these people in big pharma, there are a lot of billionaires that were created in the last couple of years, many of them sitting on the boards of these giant pharmaceutical companies. They're, 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 it's a money industry for them because mm-hmm. they, they continue to use that money that the government has given them now to promote their other products on TV, which is why you're seeing an increase in the number of ads from AbbVie and Pfizer and others. They're taking the money from taxpayers that they were given, To help fight COVID and using it to advertise some of their other products, which ironically are products that help with the adverse effects that sometimes you can get from the COVID vaccines, like shingles and rashes and things like that. I would suspect that at some point they're going to probably figure out that monkeypox is related to the ADE that I was telling you about, where you lose your immunity Mm -hmm. to other forms of diseases or viruses that, that lie latent in your body. And it somehow get reactivated by these vaccines so and this is all stuff that Peter uh, McCullough, and Robert Malone have been talking about for months.
1: I have trouble imagining that the government feels self conscious about squandered money i mean that 's all they do is waste money
0: oh of course they love that that 's their best i think that 's what they do best. They waste our money
1: yes other- i I think that 's the backbone of the modern big government, except yeah. to use that money to funnel to protect themselves from. Potential election losses.
0: Well, that's true, and we still. By the and most of your listeners know that that the nice thing about an emergency use authorization is you can't sue the pharmaceutical companies, no matter what happens. Imagine if you could. Imagine if you could sue for adverse effects. I, I guarantee you, they wouldn't be pushing vaccines with the you know how they're pushing them today.
1: We're talking to Jim Watkins, the Jim Watkins Show dot online,
0: right? That is correct, and I'm uh, excited to say that we're adding new articles every day, and uh, it's just a blast. There's so much interesting stuff going on in the world. Not all of it bad. There's some good stuff going Likewise. on. Like what? What's good? Well, the James Webb Telescope is is just unbelievable. It's giving us great pictures of outer space, and you know, uh, I've always been a fan of the space program. I think it brings it is always naturally brought people together. I know you and I are from that period where we. Got excited about watching the first man, you know, stand on the moon and all that. I think it kind of brings people together. It helps them forget about some of the other problems. We're also at a more
1: exciting stage of it, I think, where there it's been uh, gradually being transferred parts of it anyway over to the private sector, and it's exciting to see these entrepreneurs looking to develop space travel businesses. I mean, sounds kind of otherworldly, but I feel like that's where we're. That's where we're getting. And, and that's a pretty exciting thing to be doing. And plus I, I was also thinking about, um, this idea of the, the web telescope taking pictures that are actually light that's hitting the lens of the telescope that was sent a billion years ago or something like that or 65 million. I forget what the, yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous time ago so we're not really taking a picture of something happening now we're taking pictures of the past and that has me fascinated with some of these sci-fi theories i assume this is where they got the idea of time not being a real dynamic just our perception of things
0: well i guess so i mean uh it is it is all pretty amazing isn't it uh you know that just goes to show you the contrast because you know there's a lot of bad that you can look and you can see in the world but you know, if you, if you stare at some of the good stuff once in a while, you know, it, it's a real pick-me-up because, frankly, this presidency has been a real buzzkill for a lot of people. And I'm, <laughs> Nobody and I'm,
1: thought it was going to be uplifting, I don't think.
0: <laughs> and these Jan 6 commission hearings tonight, oh, my goodness, can we be over with it already? I want to I just uh, go find something to do, like watch paint dry, uh, which I, I think is more exciting at this point. But, boy, they, they love the theater and they love the drama.
1: I think I might watch it tonight. I, I'm kind of interested in whether they can. They're they're getting to a point with this thing. There's starting to be stories that there, there's not going to be a prosecution of Trump. And if there isn't, then uh, is this? I assume they would have known that in advance. And you know, the news media has been telling us the purpose of this is to pressure the Justice Department to file charges against Trump. But maybe that's a cover story. And the real reason they're doing this is just to destroy Trump's reputation. So they're investigating what they say was a coup attempt. But at the same time, isn't this investigation part of a coup attempt that began before Trump even got to the White House?
0: Well, I've been saying that all along. I mean, we're still not going to get to the truth of why Nancy Pelosi did a stand down on the National Guard, which Trump offered her. Uh, and then also the Washington uh, State, uh, the Capitol Police were not out uh, prepared for this, and everybody knew it was going to be a, a big event. Uh, there was a lot of tension in the air. There was certainly no question. And I'm always fascinated by the the wonderful video camera angles that all of the news networks, they just all happened to have those cameras at the right place at the right time, didn't they? It was almost like they were out there location shooting for a, a movie about a riot, and they wanted to get some, you know, actuality shots or b-roll and uh it's just all so easy seemingly seemingly came together with such nice imagery with uh, and they just love playing it over and over and over do they I, I this is all really an attempt to peel off any of those core trumpsters that just can't get enough of the guy and they really want to drive a wedge and and, and they also want to drive a wedge into people's families where you have people who may not necessarily hate Trump, and then you've got you know maybe a spouse who who's been and I speak from some some experience. There's going to be the internal family battles over this, and I think this is going to peel people away from ever thinking about voting for Trump again. Don't you think that?
1: Uh, there- I would I would assume so, and you know just because Trump is being railroaded in a biased, rigged process doesn't mean he maybe didn't do some things wrong That's but true. No, but, you're right. but the way i look at it is that this is how whatever one of them does they all do so whatever they're accusing trump of doing as i alluded to the accusations are in and of themselves confirmation that the democrats are doing what they're accusing trump of having done and therefore this is just how politics works and trump has gotten because he always provokes much more energy against him like they're more scared of him and i find it very interesting that they that he panics them so much they don't but, care about the best interests of the country that's clearly been established so the so what are they doing
0: uh, well they you're exactly right they, they don't they don't want to have to deal with him in 2024 that's their worst nightmare um now there's talk that Hillary Clinton might actually get it I know, sick. isn't
1: that? But but that can't be. I mean, she was too weak I don't six, know. 10 years ago, or whenever it was, she was collapsing. When was that?
0: Was well, uh, uh, twenty.
1: That was 16, right? Yeah, so, so it was six years ago she couldn't handle it.
0: Well, I think she's got her ducks in a row this time, don't you think? But You, you know, think look, she's been at the gym? How pathetic is this? She probably is the best candidate to represent the
1: group. Well, <laughs> that, that is a scary thought, Jim Watkins.
0: They've made a lot of progress over there, haven't they?
1: <laughs> yes. She's been trying since 08, and they really want to get her across the finish line. All right, Jim Watkins, the Jim Watkins Show. Online. Always good to talk with you, James.
0: You too, buddy. Take care.
1: Thanks for taking the time to be here, as always. All right, Mike in Plainville. You're very patient today. Aren't you at work?
4: I. Don't take Wednesdays off.
1: (laughs) You don't take Wednesdays off? Is that what you said? Or you shouldn't?
4: No, I shouldn't. Oh, okay. Makes the week last longer. Oh, yes. I get you. Who was the, the guest you just had on? We all know this. Why they didn't call in the National Guard. Why they didn't do this. Why they didn't do that. Why do we keep rehashing this over and over and over? We know what happened. They don't want Trump to come back. It's an obvious conclusion. It's, it's drummed into our heads every week.
1: Well, that's why I think he's bringing it up, because they're drumming it into our heads.
4: And the second thing.
1: Big show tonight. Picture, yes.
4: Picture. of Ned Lamont. Doesn't look like a governor. He's got his hands in his pocket. He's at Pratt Street at a new donut. Oh, store.
1: I know. That picture is oh, ridiculous, yeah, that's, isn't
4: that's it? It's going to be a destination. Anybody have a destination to go to? Uh, is Purgatory a destination for anyone?
1: Yeah, I was wondering how they're going to get people over there.
4: Now. Running shoes. Looks like he's got dockers on. He's, he's, al-
1: he's always wearing those shoes with the the, the white he's edge. He's
4: got his sleeves rolled up. He just doesn't look healthy. Looks like he's been been getting Grubhub deliveries every night.
1: He does look a little like Grubhub. Yeah, he, he's probably got a got a free pass there.
4: Okay. <laughs>
2: something from the Todd Feinberg Show, listen to the podcast on WTIC.com slash
1: podcast. Isn't it amazing how many, how many years have gone by? I remember this when this was a new release, hot on the radio, and it's, it's still got a nice vibe to it, doesn't it? Yeah, I like this one a lot. Good tune. 8605 Let's get a few more rants going here. Todd. the
5: yep. Muppets racist, and I, I, we need to define racism, or racist, I don't, I'm not sure anymore. We don't know who's inside that outfit, why does it automatically jump, sounds like they're assuming it's a white, heterosexual well, person. Well, why it
3: what anyway? do you think
5: the narrative would change if it turns out that that's not the case? No. The world's nuts. Yeah, Just food for thought. They're trying to make a good it. Day.
1: They're trying to make it nuts, they work hard. Hey. As yeah. far as the Sesame Place thing goes, uh-huh. I see lawsuit.
5: I smell money. That's all that's about. Your little kids. You tell them, "Oh, hey, he didn't see you." You know, move on. People are just so happy. That's what's going to happen with that.
1: Well, it is. It is an easy way to get yourself a bunch of cash, isn't it? If you can, uh, if you can hold them up over something. But it's also the desire for the media to be talking about these kinds of stories. Like, this is a non-story, and yet we all get to see it.
5: Wednesday, and they're talking about Thursday's January 6th committee hearing, and some uh, big shot on the committee. Democrat, obviously, African-American gentleman uh, may not be there because he contracted COVID. Uh, He may be there, but he said the spotlight is going to be on Donald Trump's failure, to, uh, call out national troops. And why didn't he do that? When in fact, yes. uh, uh, Nancy Pelosi and the Capitol police, uh, chief of police are responsible for calling out troops. Is that not correct? I mean, do I have that wrong? No, but that's it's, right. It was their failure to protect the Capitol when they knew there might be an issue, not Donald Trump's failure to do it. It was Nancy Pelosi who as speaker of the house, it's her duty, and the, the chief of police of the Capitol Police, um, those two were in charge of calling out extra protection.
1: But there's also this story that the New York Times reported a couple days after the events uh, in, in January, and, and that was that it was because of the mayor of Washington, D.C., didn't want to be attached to a story that would have her... Tied to calling in police because, remember, the anti-police movement that the Democrats were running was a big thing at that point. She was afraid to be on the wrong side of it, especially after having uh, had police uh, overreaction reported. When there was that other stuff going on outside of the White House or Capitol, I forget now where that was. Anyway.
6: Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your
2: Feinberg Show, live from the NJ Diet Studios on WTIC, News Talk 1080.
1: Oh, another funky musical thing you're doing there, Anthony. Is that the original tapes as well? Just instrumental. Mm-hmm. Things sound weird without a voice. I guess so. All right, we've got a voice here. Joe Hoxha is running for state representative. And uh, in Bristol, is, is the seat in Bristol, Joe?
6: Yes, sir, that's correct. Uh, Bristol, uh, a part of Bristol and uh, all of Plymouth.
1: Thank you for joining us. And is this your first uh, dipping of the toe into electoral politics?
6: Um, as a candidate, yes. Uh, as somebody that's, uh, you know, just been involved behind the scenes and helping other candidates, no.
1: All right, so Joe Hawks is here. He's running for state rep. Welcome. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us. What is going on with the race? Tell us about it, why you're in it.
6: Yeah, so um, like I said, you know, for a really long time, I've been helping out other good Republicans, conservative Republicans run for office. And, um, you know, I just, you know, there was an opportunity that presented itself um, for, you know, for me to get involved as far as being a candidate for office. And, um, you know, I, I, I seize that opportunity. I, uh, you know, the, the state is uh, just too valuable to me to, you know, sit back and, and you know, kind of just watch it all fall apart. So, um, you know, I, I decided, um, you know, January of this year that uh, it was, it was going to be my time to, to try and, and, you know, and, uh, make, make a difference here.
1: So is this uh, something you've been talking about? Have you been lusting for power for a long time? Or are you reluctantly going into <laughs> where you're coming from?
6: uh well i'm certainly not reluctantly going into it um i i, I haven't been lusting for power um <laughs> but i have been uh lusting to to defeat this one party you know system uh for for a really long time and uh you know i think what's what's been going on in our state is is an ab- is an absolute travesty i mean um since since the year 2000, we've lost the congressional uh, uh, seat, which which means must mean that we've lost population anywhere between 660,000 to 750,000 people, and um, all those all those people have, have uh, flocked to South Carolina, Georgia, Tennessee, Kentucky, Texas, Florida, uh, North Carolina. So um, you know what do all those states have in common? They're all Republican states, run by Republican legislatures or Republican governor. Um, so, you know, if, if it clacks like a duck, it looks like a duck, you know, you know how the saying goes. So
1: well, more important um, that they've been, they're operating under the policies of, of those Republicans, which are right. small government oriented and you're trying to not be just raping the taxpayers.
6: <laughs> yeah, that, that is a very strong word, but I, I wouldn't necessarily disagree with you. Um, yeah, I, I think, you know, uh, taxpayers in the state have have been taken for a ride for a really, really long time and um, you know I, I was listening to your show for about half an hour before uh, I called in mm-hmm. and um, you know it just it, it seems to be the the the, the, common, the the common theme with Democrats seems to be that they're out of touch with with the people. I mean' they're, they're running all these social experiments all over the country, critical race theory, defunding the police, um, you know, there's gender identity politics, and people just don't care about that stuff. Or the large majority of people don't care about that stuff. They don't want it in their children's classrooms. They're worried about the kitchen table issues, uh, you know, uh, gas taxes, uh, taxes all across the board. I mean, gas, gas has, you know, become a thing, you know, recently, but taxes have been high in Connecticut for decades um, all across the board, not just with gas, but with, you know, property taxes, the state income tax uh which was you know supposed to be temporary um you know they've been saying that before i was even born and um you know it's just you know t- we're we're getting taxed to death and you know i don't know how how much longer the people of Connecticut can uh, can hold on
1: and by the way the, it seems to me that high taxes is probably the biggest driver of inflation there is if you think of all the money that's sucked out of the economy by government that that wastes in in Connecticut Tens of billions of dollars is a debt that needs to be paid off with nothing to show for it.
6: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's the key word right there, nothing to show for it. As much as I love Connecticut, the summers are really hot and humid, and the winters are really cold, and we get a lot of snow. Um, so all this money you know, that we're, that the government is spending via our tax dollars is resulting in what, is the question, right? Like, what do we have to show for it? Um, you know, virtually none of our cities are in, you know, decent shape. Uh, there's not many cities in Connecticut where I would feel, you know, comfortable if I had, you know, a young child to, to, to walk down the streets of any you know particular city in Connecticut with, with a young child. Like, crime is out of control. And, you know, there's, there's we have nothing to show for it. The, the state of Connecticut government has nothing to show for all the money that it spent. Um, Apart from the fact that we have thousands and thousands of people leaving each year, moving down south, because they just can't take it anymore. They can't take it anymore. It's too expensive to live here, and you don't get anything for it.
1: And uh, nobody can afford to do it. I mean, it's just debt, and that debt has to be serviced. And now that we're seeing the inflation shoot up, then the cost of that debt service is going to shoot up, and you're still paying for nothing.
6: Absolutely. 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 And it, it, it's just, it's unbelievable what's, what's going on in Hartford. Uh, they're, they're, they're taking away the, the power of, of, of police to do their job. And, and, I, and I talk a lot about this, you know, when I go door docking uh, while I'm campaigning, that apart from the immediate impact that, that crime has to the victim, it also creates a perception issue in that community. Once a community gets, gets labeled or is, is understood to be a, a community that has a high crime rate, People will leave, and when people leave, the tax burden only gets bigger on those who remain. And with with a bigger tax burden, even those who remain one day will, will be forced to leave. And then you have situations like Hartford, New Haven, and Bridgeport, where, you know, you're essentially, you're, you're talking about slum cities. And it's just, it's, it's a hole that they'll, they'll never be able to dig themselves out of.
1: We're talking yeah, there's to there's Joe Hawks uh, from uh, Bristol. Sorry, Joe. Bristol and, and Plymouth is the seat he's running for. And this this seat's just opened up, right, Joe?
6: Yes, yes. So um, just, just a little bit of background. Um, the, the current uh, state rep in this district is Whit Betts, uh, who has been a terrific state rep uh, for the district for uh, many years now. Um, he decided to retire in December. That's when the seat opened up. Um, uh, I spent a little while thinking about whether I wanted to jump in or not. Once I, I knew that I, I did want to do it, I jumped in, filed paperwork, and uh, you know the rest is history. We're uh, we're here now in August, and uh, I'm campaigning every single day, uh, knocking doors and uh, talking to the voters directly.
1: What do you hear when you talk directly to voters? What what is on people's minds specifically?
6: Cost of living, cost of living, crime. Uh, you know, basically all the things that I'm talking about, mm-hmm. I, I think I have a pretty good pulse on the people of my district, and I feel the exact same pains and uh, the, the worries that they feel as well. Yeah, it's uh, just
1: good to get confirmation of it, like from where I sit, because absolutely. because you want to make sure that everybody's understanding exactly which which pain is, is uh, top of mind for people, because there, there's so much to be upset about that it's it's good to know what the priorities are in voters' minds
6: yeah exactly uh it's it's very expensive to to make a living here in connecticut especially if you have children i don't have any children but people that do it's just you know god bless them uh it's it's very very tough uh it, it, you know especially now obviously with with what's going on with inflation caused by policy of policies at the federal and the state level uh but it's just it's never been easy to make a living in connecticut but now especially it's much much harder and and people are uh they're on edge. They're on edge. Um, and it's, they're very frustrated. And I'm, I'm willing to make a bold prediction right here on your show. Okay. Uh, uh, What's the prediction? Uh, the prediction is... It's going to be hot tomorrow. Time... <laughs> well, that's an easy one. But <laughs> come November of 2022, I am very confident that uh, Republicans in the state of Connecticut are going to make history and that we are going to flip at least one of the, the chambers in the legislature, uh, most likely the House. Um, for the first time probably in in hundreds of years in Connecticut history. Um, I come from Bristol, which made history last year when we flipped six Democrat seats, all six Democrat seats of the city council, we flipped them to Republicans. Yeah, that was a great year. The mayor's office. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, My my good friend, uh, the mayor of Bristol, Jeff Caggiano, did a terrific job last year leading uh, that whole uh, leading, leading and
1: and do you and, do you have a sense, Joe, that there's some energy there that absolutely. will link that to this prediction you're making?
6: Absolutely, absolutely. Um, the the main the main thing really is, uh, I'll go to a door and the, the the husband or the wife answers right. And the, let's say the husband is a Republican, the wife is an unaffiliated or a Democrat, but they're both equally as supportive. Even though one is a Democrat and the other is a mm-hmm. Republican, they both they're both just as equally mad at the current governor and the current administration and, 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 and the Democrats in Hartford, even though one of them is a Democrat. so and, and I'm seeing that very often, very often. And when you have members of the, the the current political party that is in office just as mad at that political party as are members of the opposing political party you know that a wave, a wave is on the horizon. Uh, that, that smells trouble for, for the Democrats when, when the, the husband that's a Democrat is just as, you know, uh, ticked off. they on as, the same page. Wife, that's a Republican. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and, you know, they wish that they could vote for me, and I tell them, well, because you're a Democrat, you can't, because we're in a primary, um, you know, there needs to be a 90-day window by which when you switch party affiliation, mm-hmm. Ninety days have to go by before you can get voting rights in, in primaries, as you know by law in Connecticut. Sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm seeing you know Democrats, unaffiliated, the actual independent party registered uh, voters Good. Uh, that are all, all all of the same mind that changes of the for. same in Connecticut. All
1: right, so uh, Joe Hoxha, so what do you want from people? Is there some action that you you want?
6: Yeah, I mean, just to just to go out and vote August 9th. Um, I am uh, running in, in uh, Bristol uh, a, a good chunk of Bristol uh, the, the residents of, of that uh, of that area know um, that they're in the 78th or or will because they'll probably get some notice in the mail um, so I'm running in Britain in, in, in a part of Bristol and all of Plymouth which includes Terryville and Pacquavik. Uh there is a primary August 9th Tuesday August 9th um, for the people that live in Plymouth, they vote at town hall. For the people that live in Bristol, you either vote at Bristol Eastern High School or uh, West Bristol School. Uh, so just vote for the conservative candidate. That is me. Um, I, I promise not to let you down. Um, I will work and fight tooth and nail uh, to make sure we uh, we really get we really pass some serious legislation through uh, come. Come November uh you know twenty twenty two or come next year when we're we're when we're in session and we have a majority.
1: So All right, Joe. Web, website you Hoxha. want to send people to or anything like
6: that? Uh com is my website.
1: How do you spell your last name?
6: H-O X is an X ray H A.
1: H O X H A yes, What's sir. the rest of the domain?
6: joehoxa.com
1: All righty. Thank you, sir, for being here and and let's talk again.
6: Absolutely, thank you very much for having me.
1: Thank you. That's Joe Hoxha. How about that? I, I, it's rare that new candidates speak as well as Joe is speaking. Let's get some more rants.
5: Wednesday, and they're talking about Thursday's January sixth committee hearing. Oh wait a second! Hey, you got some, this one. Uh, right. Big shot this, on the this. committee, Democrat, obviously African American gentleman. Uh, may up. not be there because you can
1: jump it. it over.
5: Sixty-two, and I'm sitting there. Are you here? We go. Todd, you make me laugh. You just you just you 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 go forward at the fact that, oh my God, this woman doesn't think I know who Roger Waters is. Of course. Oh my God. Everybody knows know who Roger Waters. Is. When so many times I listened to your show and they make pop culture references even going back decades. You have no clue I'm me too and I'm sitting there. Are you kidding me, Todd? You don't know who this is? And even Anthony laughs. He goes, Uh, Todd he knows that doesn't prove anything he always laughs so come on don't sit there go of course i know who Roger waters is that's the best beatle song ever yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) i guess there's some truth to that i don't know what do you think anthony did you want to laugh yeah you could be clueless sometimes but you i mean when it comes to old stuff you're for sure aware yeah well i have my window of opportunity right so so Roger Waters I guess I should have been more specific. Roger Waters is is in my sweet spot. I remember in a 1973 walking into my no, 74, walking into my dorm at the University of Denver for my freshman year of college. And it was at they have towers there, or they did then. And maybe I was going to the 10th floor, and I'm coming out of the elevator and though The whole building is reverberating. You wouldn't know about this, I don't think, Anthony, but in those days, the thing was to have big speakers. Everybody had big speakers. It wasn't how small can it be. It was was
0: like a giant sound system, like amplifiers.
1: Oh, there were amps. Big amps, but
2: then
0: big
1: speakers with big woofers in them and, and highs and, you know, like three different level speakers. And everybody was tweaking to get just the right frequencies coming out. Now portability is the thing. It doesn't matter how bad the sound is. Like you can't hear people on the phone, but who cares? You're connected and you get to be anywhere and walking and all that. But I just remember dark side of the moon shaking that building. And that was my introduction to college. How about that? So that's why I remember Roger Waters. Okay, everybody, have a great night, and uh, we'll be here again tomorrow. Don't forget, Bob Stefanowski will be here first hour.
5: All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time?